0: My guest this week is another longtime friend of mine. I had Liana G. And Petty on last week. This week I have on Jake Hicks, who I have known since third grade rec basketball. I was on the orange team. Jake, I believe you were on the green team. Your dad was the coach. And for some reason, the parents make all the matchups. They try to pit similar-heighted people against similar-heighted people. And for some reason, I was the tallest kid. I was a truck. I was a tank on my team. And they put me against the smallest kid. And I was just dominating this kid. I don't remember who it was. But eventually, your dad just ran on the court and was like, stop the action. This kid is a beast. He's beating up my player. Get him off this guy. And so uh, from that point on, Jake, our lives were kind of intertwined. We grew up playing basketball with each other. And we grew up playing Shen basketball with each other, which is unlike any high school basketball system that I would would say of, of any of my friends that I've met in college and onward when we compare our high school sports experiences, they're completely different. I mean, Shen basketball was a 46 week a year commitment spring and summer were more intense than the winter seasons. I mean, we were doing stuff before school after school Uh, we were working at basketball camps and then practicing afterwards. Like it was insane. Um, And so we've been through a lot together and we had a lot of great times on the court, off the court, you know, Buffalo wild wings Sundays playing backyard football. We certainly had our, uh, share of late night shenanigans um poker games are poker games for sure and uh you know you're a great friend and i'm really glad that uh they are uh joining me today because if if anyone were to ask me to describe jake hicks in one word i would say jake hicks is a character you are one of my favorite people uh that i know and i i want to start this off with a quick story so one of the last times i saw you was about this time a year ago in new york city And uh, we just kind of walked around the city, got some coffee, and we are just catching up. And in true Jake Hicks fashion, this uh, showed me just how, in many ways, you are such a different person than you used to be, but you are also in many ways the same person because you do all these crazy things that don't make sense. But for Jake Hicks, it makes sense. And so, for example, you were living in the city, working in the city, you were coaching uh, little kids, I believe in Brooklyn, and you had somehow got a coaching job in China, you were going to go to, to yes. China in February. Obviously, that didn't happen because of the pandemic. Thank goodness it didn't happen that you didn't move there. But you were just bopping around New York City in terms of where you were living, staying with friends and whatnot. But you were convinced that by moving to Chinatown in New York in New York City, which you were going to do, that that would somehow prepare you for life over in China when you ended up moving there in February. And I was like, dude, you don't know the language. You, you can't just speak... You can't just speak English to these Chinese kids over there. They're not going to understand you. But you were so convinced in true Drake Hicks fashion that moving to Chinatown uh, was going to be the solution in preparing you for China. So I thought that was weird. I don't know. I thought that was a good way to to introduce Jake Hicks as a character. Jake, what's up?
1: To this day, I would go back to Chinatown (laughs) and say it had a positive impact on my future departure to China um it just so happened it worked out that China was Chinatown was the spot to live in New York it presented itself and I couldn't have lived anywhere else
0: well uh I'm glad that you never actually ended up going to China because all these things happen honestly I, I would miss you if you were in China uh but you're back in um you know back in the northeast where we're from and Jake so the the first question I want to ask I, I kind of alluded to it is that in many ways, you are the same person you've always been, and in many ways, you are different. I think when I first you know, talked to you, maybe after you had graduated college, you speak so completely differently than you used to. In, in, a, in a way, you are more philosophical. You think a lot more before you speak. I don't know. Do, do you feel that you are a, a different person than maybe a lot of the listeners of this podcast who maybe knew you from high school and haven't? uh talk to you since then do you feel that you're different than you were five six years ago oh
1: completely different um and probably more ways than bad but I feel like coming out of high school in high school I only really talked in like almost not catchphrases but in like rhymes and patterns and you know I just think that's how I'm wired um with ADHD and whatnot but I think I've gotten a better handle on that. I've also had like many good mentors, like a third, a third of my college time was spent with a priest, you know, which really helped put in perspective a lot of things and was just one of my better overall mentors, like outside of sports. Like he kind of played the same role as you would hope a really good coach would. So I think through the years spent with him was very, very useful for me.
0: What drew you to realizing that, hey, I need some mentors. I, I need some people to guide me.
1: I think I've always tried to keep a mentor or two with, that I was directly looking at, um, whether it was a good mentor or a bad one. Not like a bad one, but just like, a, you know, like someone that's, in a similar transition, like a teenager, like someone like that, you know, or someone a couple years older. Like I thought my first mentor was like Jackson Shea. Like when I was kind of my first year on varsity, kind of that summer as a freshman, he was kind of the senior, him and Brendan. Um, But even right when I went to college and I played, you know, you play basketball with kids that are four years older than you instantly, you get that same connection. Like, Oh, these are, these are my buddies, even though they're, You know, what I didn't think at the time was they're looking for jobs. They're kind of on their way out. But I was like, hey, you guys want to get ice cream? We're like, hey, what are you guys doing after this? Kind of like, are we just hanging out? Are we getting to know? You know what I mean? Um, But when I came back to Fisher um, for my junior year, I ended up taking a class with him just because it was a small school. And my buddies, you know, he was one of the better um, professors on campus. It was kind of like, oh, you really got to take a class with this guy. And then one led to another. And then before I knew it, like, I think I ended up taking all of his classes. I think I had eight classes with him over three or uh, over six semesters. I probably took eight classes.
0: Have you Um, a religious person?
1: No, um, not at all. Um, Not at all. As in, I um, should know more about individual religions. Like, my father is religious. But um, I guess the the modern word is spiritual. You know, I don't do enough meditation or lucid dreaming or anything that would someone spiritual would really understand, but, um, it's something that I'm shooting for and trying to become, you know, better at, um, finding the time. And, um, cause you know, the first step is identifying it. And then second step would be putting it to use. Um, I'm still somewhere between that one and two, but, um, yeah, the one thing that I've definitely been able to do is slow down, which funny enough in basketball, I was an instant fast break. I play at a million miles an hour. And I think just getting older or whatever my habits are, um, routines, that's one thing that I'm still trying to get is a good routine. um, which is good and bad. I mean, I think routines are good, but I think being out of a routine is also good. Um, but yeah, I think those are some of the things that have definitely, you know, made me sound the way I do now. Your
0: college life was, I would say untraditional. Um, and I kind of want you to walk me through the steps because you were at St. John Fisher, which, which you mentioned, You didn't graduate in four years. It took you a little bit longer. You were on the basketball team, then you weren't. Can you just walk me through your time in college? What happened? Why you deviated from the normal path when you did? Can you just tell me what happened?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, it is unfortunate. Um, You did lead with how insane of a regiment our high school program was, 46 weeks a year, Um, however many hours, I would say probably about – gosh. (laughs) Well, uh, <laughs> like six uh, hours a
0: day <laughs> when you're combining everything crazy
1: so a mixture of things kind of went wrong i got um hurt in a freak accident going leaving high school i you know just was at like what like a grad party and i just fell on my shoulder you know off like a couple feet like a, little, like a little fall and i thought that was bad and then it got worse and like i honestly got tackled by a friend who was just drunk on 4th of July. Um, Austin Hughes, Um, good guy. Um, I don't really know why he like full on tackled me. Um, I'm sure it was, was, he thought I was talking to his girlfriend. Like playfully
0: tackle or with intent to hurt
1: you? No, with intent to hurt me. Like I was never hurt this bad in my life. Um, So after that, I was out of commission for literally the whole summer, like, it was the 4th of July, and I remember the next week, I was, like, going to camp, like, you know, like, Fisher camp to, like, train, and I was just completely honest. I was like, hey, I got a little, like, I hurt my shoulder. I got seen by a specialist, like, partially torn labrum, and then I don't think it deviated past a partially torn thing, but now it was like, hey, I have this shoulder injury. I should be good, but I have a shoulder injury from being never injured before. um, Going the whole preseason, the whole first semester was great. One thing I really didn't like about the school is they crammed three kids into a one bedroom room. So you're I'm like living on top of these kids. I'm like living with two random kids who are, you know, they fit the small private school that I went to just not loose, fun kids like me. So, it was weird living with two people in tiny room, like, dealing with an injury, like, a serious injury without really good trainers. My parents also got separated, like, that year. Like, it felt like, <clears throat> I think it was junior year, they told me, but it wasn't official until I went to college. But it was, like, not even me, but it was, like, my dad was, like, you know, upset and, like, in a bad state. Um... School was a weird place, you know, coming in, it seemed like it was such a small campus, everyone had a girlfriend, no one was trying to be social. Another thing at Fisher is, you know how like, I saw this tweet the other day, how someone was like, people who are under 25 are so ultra competitive and so narrow-minded and so focused on... achieving the next peg that they lose social skills or like something along those lines you know what I mean they get lost in between of living in the moment or something something along those lines Mm -hmm. that's kind of how it felt at this small school of fisher everyone's like I'm going to be a nurse and I need to do whatever it takes and I'm you know it was so a combination of like the vibe was off you know the vibe felt weird and the team was really strong strong as it's ever been and My shoulder was hurt, my parents were unhappy, Um, and then my grades, like, were bad. Like, I had bad grades. So, the living was weird, like, everything was good. Like, things, like, I want to complain or, like, state the issues, but overall, like, things really were good. It was just kind of the perfect storm hit me at the perfect time, and all these things happened, and... You know, I thought I would be able to bounce back from it. So what I mean is – so the whole first year is really – like, the whole first semester is really good. I'm really enjoying basketball. You know, the grades aren't for sure yet. Like, you know, you're going through. You don't really know what you have in college. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything's really good. And then the end of the first semester, like, I'm academically ineligible by, like, 0.01 or, like, 0.02 – and um you know I didn't like being on campus like being crowded with those three dudes I like tried switching a bunch and there's like there's nothing we can do and after that I was just like I just wanted to go home and ski like I don't really know what I wanted I was just so tired of playing basketball at such a high level from just doing Shen and like kind of kind of seeing the path that I was on you know I'm like I could do this and I could just feel my body like you'll have to go through so much pain and agony and all this. Or you could like just put it on the shelf, you know, like almost like semi-retire, you know, like you after Shen basketball, like a weight is lifted off you. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I jumped right back into that weight with additional weight. And I was like, timeout, timeout. I, this, this isn't right, you know? So... A few of our buddies went down to Coastal Carolina. Dan Jers, Kyle Kai's, Bobby McCarthy, a bunch of really good kids. And over the winter, I saw them. So this is winter 2015. Mm-hmm. Matt Nichols down there. They're like, oh, we love it. It's so fun. Matt's like, we go to the beach. Dan's like, we go to the beach. Da, da, da. The parties are fun. Kai is like, we do PGM golf. We play <laughs> golf. It's warm the whole year. You don't have to wear shoes to class. Like, it's a barefoot campus. So, all these things. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to apply to a bunch of schools, um, like, midway through the second semester. But over winter, I'm like, you know what, I'll apply. Um, Because the team, the coaches were very nice. They saw, like, how high of a level I was playing. And they're like, we see you're shaking up. Like, if you really need some time to think about everything, like, stay home for as long as you want. Like, we're off for a month. And so, like, for that month, I just kind of skied and, like, you know, didn't think about playing basketball. I just went skiing. And so, I probably went, you know, I spent, like, 300 bucks. and went skiing, like, 10 times. And then I, like, went back to school, and I was, like, I don't know. For whatever reason, I just didn't want to be in the gym. I, like, wanted to just chill and watch Mm -hmm. basketball and, like, try to do college. And I was, like, it's not it at this school. Um... Yeah, for whatever reason, when I was ineligible and I went home, I just kind of didn't want to be there. Like, we were really good. Like, they went to the, we went to the Sweet 16 that year. And, you know, I was just immature. I was a kid. I wanted to just, like, kind of hang out and, like, be in college. I wasn't – There's was nothing like, wrong with that. Yeah. So, it's just kind of what I wanted to do. And then, at the end of the semester, I got my grades up again, like, higher from the first semester – where a few of like Arizona state, coastal Carolina, a few of those like bigger state schools accepted me and I got like decent financial aid. So impulsively, I kind of felt like, you know what, my shoulder hasn't been hurt since I stopped playing basketball. I can continue to just rehab it. I love playing golf. It's a game I kind of picked up after, you know, Shen basketball. Um, I knew a bunch of people down there and that's kind of what I just wanted to do. I just kind of wanted to go down South and be a college kid, you know, or just like do that kind of thing. I even became a ref. Like in my free time, I just went to ref school and just so I'd have a better understanding of the game and something to make money on, on the side. But, um, yeah.
0: I I, want to talk about another thing, uh, that you were making money on the side in like during college and because anyone who hasn't, talk to you in a while or maybe they'll talk to me about you they'll be like jake hicks wasn't wasn't he a model or something because you you did take a little detour there or just another something on the side can you tell me what you were modeling or how you got discovered
1: (laughs) yeah um so kind of at fisher it's a very like private small wealthy school in like rochester new york where a lot of people like to stay in the area. Like if Shen had or or Saratoga had a nice, like, college campus that was concentrated, you know, something like that, where everyone kind of dressed well and thought they had, like, a fashion sense. So I kind of, when I came back, you know, my hair started growing, and everyone's like, wow, like, you should keep growing your hair, like, kind of like a different look. And then, you know, I just started wearing, like, Urban Outfitter clothes or, like, um, maybe some Paxon or whatever, um, whatever, like, a hip, cool college website or, like, where people get clothes for kind of cheap, whatever. And some girls who, like, actually were models who would, like, fly to Miami and, like, would do a lot of stuff who were at the school for whatever reason. Like, they weren't <laughs> – I don't know what their majors were, if they were, like, going to be lawyers or something. But one day we were just in the library or sitting at lunch and they're like, oh yeah, like you could model. Are you in commercials? Like, da da da. Like do you do these things? And I said, like, no, but I should, shouldn't I? And basically is how it went. And eventually they're like, yeah, there's an open casting at one of our people. You should just show up. And that's basically what I did. It was this guy who, you know, he's like a local guy. He does all the prom dresses and they do like the Genesee and guy who moved from New York who had a few girls and these girls were like, yeah, don't trust this guy. Go to this girl or whatever. You know, it's a small market, you know, not every, not everyone um, can be an agent, a talent agent, but one of the ones who was pretty credible, had a decent organization was like, yeah, like I'll take you on. You had to give me 500 bucks to take these classes, you know, like how to walk on stage, how to talk in front of the thing, You know, I didn't take full advantage of him. You know, it's like a one-time payment and you can come to his workshops all the time type thing. But mostly it was to like get your headshots, get a portfolio started, have him finding me parts because there really wasn't too much addition. It was kind of like, hey, we got this guy who fits this bill. We're taking like 20 to 25% of his profit. You know, so it was basically they were just a like a head like a head shop or, um, you know, headhunter. So I ended up getting to do Rochester Fashion Week twice. I did the Del Lago Casino commercial. You know, I did a mattress commercial. Um, what else did I do in Rochester? I did two other photo shoots and then one catalog. And like this weird short film <laughs> on Canandaigua Lake. They, this is a funny story. But um, it was called 10 Single Guys. And there was a script and everything. And they never tell you how much it is. But they're like, oh, it pays pretty good. Like when I did the casino, this was like middle of the week, overnight, at a casino, 50 minutes away. And I'm getting like room service like I'm gambling during the day I'm wearing like the robe in and out of like shoots and I'm like I got class and I'm like dealing with this crazy professor who's the worst in her department but of course she's the head of the department and I'm like I'm like not at this place to sit in your lecture because you won't let me come into your office hours you know what I mean like something crazy like that so I do those things You know, I'm working out. I still haven't gotten surgery. But I'm doing all these things. I'm, like, healthy. And this dude's, like, you want to move to Miami? Like, you can go to Miami. Like, we got people. You can just go. And at that point, I was, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. And then, of course, I tell my parents, and they're, like, no. What? You're staying staying in school, da, da, (laughs) da. We're paying for whatever, a majority of it. Like, I obviously have student loans. They're not too, they're not bad at all. But, um, so like, yeah, you can't move to Miami. Um, but they're like, Oh, you can just move to New York. It's the next best thing. And like Jackson just moved there. So I was like, yeah, I'll just go to New York. But I felt like I was in prison because I was like, I came here to play that. Like I didn't come here to play basketball, but I came here to play basketball. You know, like there was a bunch of other things, but I'm not playing basketball. And now I have this opportunity to go do something, but I have to stay here. And there's not really like something for me to learn because it's like a nursing school. People are like, um, it's a big pharmacy school, nursing school, like teacher, or like, um, yeah, those are like the, the main bits. I was like taking economics theory classes. And I was like, what is this? I don't think I'm going to be an actuary right away. My friend's <laughs> like, an actuary, but I don't think I'm going to be an actuary. So, this is where the priest came in and, you know, talked me down and I don't think we touched on this earlier, but I don't know. Just a lot of things he would help me with. There were a lot of weird situations that I went through. Not like weird, but like hard to do at the age you have to do them in. Like, this is this is a funny story. But dude, I'm like 17 at my friend's graduation party. And his cousin's like 26. And or she like, came on to me, you know what I mean? Like, as a 26 year old person, and I'm like, I'm probably 18. My birthday is in May, but it was like grad party, you know, which are like May, June. And I'm hurt, you know, I'm a little bit, or maybe I'm not even hurt yet. Either way, it was right around that same time. And I'm like talking to this girl who ends up like hitting me up a bunch and like wanting to hang out and like come to college with me. So I have this like 26 year old person with a job, you know, kind of a broken family, an injury. I'm like living with like weird like weird kids in this small space I'm like yo check out like my 26 year old crazy hot girlfriend and like the whole thing was just weird I'm like doing this and I'm like I can see the writing on the wall I don't want to do this for four years I don't like things didn't make sense I was like I want to be a basketball coach and that's it you know I like studying basketball like watching it I need a break from playing it, but I didn't really know. Or I would be a salesman. Or I would be a salesman.
0: Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember you asking me, maybe it was tail end of high school or as you were trying to find your way in college. I think you would ask me, you know, what do you think, speaking of mentors, like, I also feel like I've been a mentor to you in some ways. They're like you've sought, you've always respected my opinions or, or sought my advice. So I've said to you on multiple occasions that Jake, Like No, you didn't have great grades, but it doesn't mean you are not a smart person. People flock to you. People love being around you. That's something I've always admired about about you. You are very good with your words. You know how to negotiate. You know how to convince people. You know how to make people believe what you're saying. So I've always said Jake Hicks is going to be successful no matter what, just because he has so much charisma and so much personality and just gets people to buy into what he's saying, that you're going to do just fine. I still think that to this day. And that's always why I suggested, like, oh, Jake should be selling things, which now I understand you actually are doing. So can you talk to me a little bit about what it is you actually are doing nowadays? I know there's some basketball in there. There's some selling in there. But can you just get more specific?
1: Sure, sure, sure. Two things I currently sell, fence equipment and vending machines. (laughs) Pending solar Okay, all all
0: right, hold on. Try to sell me a vending machine right now.
1: Well... Where would you put a vending machine, Troy? Well, Why? I'm looking for
0: a vending machine, okay? I, I'm a minimalist, so I don't own much stuff. So I have a lot of space. Okay, so I could very well put a vending machine in my garage.
1: Is there a com- Are you near a community? Are you within a community?
0: Yeah, a small one.
1: A small one. So these vending machines can only be placed in small businesses. The best part about the vending machine business is there's no fee for you. It's only a convenience. So say... Where I've been putting them is in like a barbershop, a bank, this fence company. They, I have, my employer buys the vending machines, buys all the material and stocks it for free. He just keeps all the money from the vending machine. So for a small business, it's just for, you know, if someone likes to have coffee in the morning or they like to get a Diet Coke I love coffee. Or, you know, a Klondike bar, whatever, a Cliff bar, whatever it is. So... What I get is between, five, like, between like a couple hundred and a thousand dollars if I put it in big enough areas. Like he was trying to get me to put it at Shen. He's like, I'll give you two grand if you put it in Shen. And obviously I couldn't. They already go through DeCrescenti or whatever. But we're getting traction at Academy and some of these blue collar places. And my friend Will Morgan up in uh, Lake George, he has property. It is just something, you know, it's just something I can just bring up. You know, like, what do you do? Oh, you need a vending machine? You got a place? <laughs> you know, like, I say this, like, I talk to my friend, Will, who, like, owns property and does really well for himself. And I go, yeah, I'm thinking about selling solar, at like, solar panels. You know, he goes, oh, I got a few places for those. I got a few guys who have been looking into that. You know, so it just kind of leads me, maybe I should go try to sell solar panels. Maybe that's something I should you do. Should. I should. I saw a good commercial, like, where they're, a guy was talking to his future son. He was like, you know, I'm glad I'm on the right side of this and I'm trying to create a better world for him while being a capitalist and, you know, selling something for, you know, you make something off a commission, you know, I've always tried doing that. You know, I've always tried seeing how I can help a situation, you know, do better. Like that's kind of what I like when I would coach kids, you know, like you don't get paid a ton, but the benefits were like you help, People And, you know, you give them a good week or you give them a good experience or you give them a good lesson, you know, something along those lines. And, you know, I think something like solar is something that I'm going to try to sell when I catch a breath. I feel like I'm doing a bunch of things currently, which is an excuse. You know, I've applied for a few other jobs. i have you know, applying for jobs is a job in itself. While doing you know, a labor construction type job is pretty taxing. You know, I consider it 10 hours a day. I wake up at 6 a.m. and I'm usually home and getting ready to shower, rinse off at like 4, 4.15. You know,
0: well,
1: that's like that's like that's Waking
0: up at 6 a.m., that is just an Every indicator day. of how you've changed. My goodness. You Every never, day. ever would have done that. I mean, you were a 10
1: a.m. guy at the minimum. Minimum. I don't think I made it to high school before third period ever, ever. And it was an okay thing. You know, I was in like special study hall. I was put in an isolated group where I treated everyone with like a lot of times Troy, I kind of feel like I'm the guy in the cuckoo's nest, Jack Nichols. And you know what really went on through the whole crazy, even my ex-girlfriend who you know, like there's, like, Ed Sheeran song, Only Love Him When You Let Him Go. You know, I had this girl for, like, a long time. It was super toxic after a while because we're kids. And I was – I feel like I made the mature move, of like, yo, I got to end this. Like, I can't have any any contact. Just it'll eventually go away. Even she texted me, She's like, you're throwing your life away, going to this party school, da-da-da. I was like, that's our first – and I was just like – that was the only thing she ever said to me like, or, or only whatever, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't regret doing it. You know, it'd be nice to know the alternate route, you know, how it would have went if I, cause you know, I think I would have been a great basketball player there. I think, um, but that is what it is. Um, ultimately, you know, it's all about, um, I don't know, being happy and being able to go forward, I guess you know. How do you see your
0: life playing out in the next five years?
1: So five years. So I just turned 24 this summer. So in five, five years, I'll be 29. i will be my last year in my 20s. So I still think I'm going to China. Whoa. I still think I'm going to China. You know, I don't read. I'm obviously a registered voter. I watch the debate. I pay attention enough but I don't let it consume me. I don't have Facebook. I don't see arguments. I have one credible source on the right and a bunch of dudes on the left. I haven't asked my one guy on the right why he's there. I'm sure because he's a business owner and financially it makes sense for him. Sell him a vending machine. Not He's not the vending machine guy. He's no, I'm the, saying
0: you should sell him a vending machine.
1: He could use them. I <laughs> could sell him if this dude gave me a bigger radius. Let me go to Oneida and I'll put six vending machines in. But he doesn't want to have to drive there every week to stock them. So currently I am trying to get employed by him. So I, ideally I would like to get laid off from this fence job and then work for him under the table temporarily while coaching at Academy if that presents itself. hmm I couldn't really tell you where I'm going to be in five years. Another job venture that I'm thinking of, my buddy Griffin, you remember Griffin, right? Yep. The kid, the earring AIDS, great kid. Um, Griffin's family owns, basically he has the ingredients to bottle and manufacture like alcohol, which would lead me to believe that he can produce other soft drinks, right? Probably... Mm-hmm. Roughly, if he has the material and the tools and the whatever. And then I'm working on this um, this solar farm. And there's this huge, I don't even notice it till one of the other electricians comes up to me and goes, you like smell that? You, someone smoking weed here or something? I was like, oh, I do smell that. It turns out it was like a CBD plantation um, in front of the solar farm. See, I don't, I don't know how this part is related to our pod. But basically, I eventually saw him tending his crops, shooting the breeze. How do you tend your crops? Do you sell it in bulk? What's the irrigation like? Um, it's obviously legal. How long do the permits take? Um, what are the, how do you mark your land? How big can you do it? You know, all the business right. aspects. That- So, going to the solar farm every time I'm at a house putting a fence up, I see a solar farm. I'm like, or I see a solar panel. I'm like, oh, maybe I should start doing this. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I see even bigger like solar panels. I'm like, oh, I should do this. And now he like sticks me on a solar farm, and I'm like, all right, I have no choice but to now sell solar panels. But in front of this whole thing is a CBD farm. It's like a mile. It's like it's an acre large, three quarters of an acre. Like 600 pounds of CBD, sells it in bulk. It's like, it takes four months for the whole thing, which you can do three times a year, but probably only twice with the soil. So my grandfather's boss, who owns a company, owns a farm. So what I'm thinking, I talk to the guy, I get a part of his farmland, I do all the irrigation, I talk to the hemp guy, I grow the hemp, sell the hemp, get the capital to fuse a soft drink with Griffin and hemp infused. So either liquor and the CBD or a soft drink of like a hard seltzer, someone who had a similar idea of a similar drink is little Dicky. I just happen. I don't have my Instagram anymore or recently I got rid of it. It was just giving me a headache. You know what I hate seeing? You know, I, I consider myself like a coach. I like watching basketball. I only listen to like four opinions. <clears throat> but the constant videos you see, like apparently TikTok has merged with Instagram. I never had TikTok. I know it's a good thing. Obviously, I can see a, a reel of TikTok and be entertained, but I don't want the app. It's something, you know, it's like that Pandora's box you never open. Yes, You're like, oh, I know what you mean. I don't want to have TikTok. I know it's probably good, but I don't want to get lost in it. My time's too valuable. For Whatever. Sure. But now on Instagram, I start seeing all these like TikTok things. I'm like,
0: yeah, Instagram reels is like Instagram's version of TikTok.
1: So I like see those, but I'm talking about all the stupid basketball things you see. Just like not actual videos or just people taking random hot takes or just all the basically irrelevant made up things that isn't actually basketball. So that just drove me to the point where I can't even have this app. It's not working properly. I cannot see this information, basically. But what I see myself liking to do, statistically, I like basketball numbers. I like analyzing it. I like predicting it. I like talking about the numbers behind it, less than appreciating the sport. I appreciate the sport and then, so I can see myself doing something along those lines. I can see myself selling something but i want to be a little more traveled like i had a bunch how many i had two abroad trips fall through i was supposed to go to um croatia for an anthropology trip and either the school the the what the professor told me was there wasn't enough funding in um enough funding for like insurance purposes, but I think I don't still think enough people signed up for it. Because it was like a Maymester, it was like a three or four week thing, six credits. And then I was supposed to go, I was trying to take an uh, internship in DC through economics, which fell through for a different reason. And then I was supposed to go to China, which didn't fall through, which fell through because of obviously our current situation. So I'm really trying – I, am I for the first time, feel like I'm in an area. You know, like being at Rochester in college, you come home, you live at home, you're in school. And then I moved to New York, and I'm on my own, but it's for a short time. I don't have a career there, you know. And now I'm, like, back here, and I kind of feel settled almost. Like I'm looking – In upstate New York. In upstate New York, like I'm actively looking for for like a real, you know, like salary, work related job. Like what I'm doing now, I feel like it's more of just something to do right. because because of the situation. One
0: thing that you know, I'll ask a lot of people that are on this podcast. Um, I mean, it's a good question for any time, but I think especially right now, uh, given everything going on. What's your what's your mental health like? How are you how are you doing mentally? There's a lot of things to be down about in the world at large. And then, you know, in our own personal lives, we're all we're all dealing with stuff. And you've definitely laid out a a lot of things that you have. So uh just how are you doing on that side
1: of things? Um on that side of things, I think I'm doing okay. Um you know it's hard to say because you only have your own experience, but I obviously have those down moments like this past weekend. I don't know if I was just exhausted from work, but like I couldn't even get out of bed on Saturday. I was like, I have a TV show that I haven't seen that I want to watch. And I'm just going to sit here for lay here for like six hours and only get up for coffee or breakfast and like using the bathroom. So if that becomes a routine where I've done that a few times is kind of when I pump the brakes and we'll do something else. But a majority of my time, I feel like, I'm really in the moment where I just don't even, you know, I don't even think to have time to think that I haven't seen a girl in eight months almost. Or what what I've been able to do a lot during this whole pandemic almost is be outside, which is kind of the opposite of the world. Like I work outside for minimum nine hours. Like I'm outside from 6.15 till probably off the clock at four. And then I'm going for a like a hike or I'm going to play golf with my dad or I'm playing tennis or he's dragging me on a bike ride or <laughs> like there's something I'm doing outside or I would hop out and I would get dragged in a direction. Someone would be like, Oh, like, like my friend from Vermont or like just small little getaways would seem feasible. Like I I would say I wish I've read more, but that's probably the only, the only mental health wise. I don't know. I'm talking on a high horse just because I feel like it's been a nice day. And I had some clarity with, you know, currently what I'm going through. Yeah. I would say the last, it's hard for me to say,
0: I want to ask you this um, I am a big proponent, and I don't think people outrage do it enough. I'm a big proponent of being alone of spending time just alone with your thoughts, not watching a show, not listening to music or you know just going for a walk and just going for a walk and just being there, just going for a run and just being there with your thoughts. I'm wondering do you ever do things like that where you just sequester yourself off from other people to just be kind of trapped inside your own head do you ever do that
1: yeah I do that to a point where I like tr- I question people that didn't do it right or I, would make, I would make a comment and they would think I'm crazy like like I remember like being in the car I'm like oh I just I've been in the car the last 45 minutes with no music I don't think the only like movement I heard was like me cracking my neck or something they're like oh that's weird or like You're with your, I don't, I don't know.
0: People are just so (laughs) distracted all the time now. And there's so many ways to, you know, you reference TikTok and Instagram and how easy it is to go down those rabbit holes because there are just so many distractions and so many options for our attention now, which is exactly what these social media companies and tech companies want is they're trying to get our attention because they're trying to, you know, mess with our minds to sell us stuff and sell us messages and whatnot. Uh, And so I have to actively fight against those things and be like, no, put your phone down, just be by yourself. Don't listen to music right now, just be by yourself. Like you can't just run from your problems or run from things that are driving you crazy all the time by putting on a podcast, okay? You need to confront these things. So I do that too. Um, and I don't feel like enough people do that. And I feel like that's, you know, given your evolution, you know, as a person, I feel like that's something that you probably do a lot too.
1: Yeah, it is something I do a lot, but it's funny, like I'll still do, like I'll st- Still not do anything about the thing that we want to like escape from like I'll just like wallow like you know like I'm sure other people do it too like I'll just sit there and not even do it but not do something else (laughs) like it felt like the weirdest thing like I like I would have so many just weird times like when my shoulder was hurt you know like and you would kind of like warm it up and, you know, however, however else you would like warm up your body and just being just kind of a little bit off, like you would stretch and like see how far it could stretch. And I would stretch it to the point where it would like snap out of place. And I would be like, I would just like go lay in bed and be like, why did I do that? And I would just sit there with ice or heat for like six hours, just thinking like, what, like, why did I like, just with the repercussions of doing that. Um, I don't know. Uh,
0: I got I got one more one more thing I want to do here. This is a new segment, never been done before, highly original, uh, thought of it, you know, been thinking about this for months. I mean, this is a new segment. It's called Two White Dudes Talking About Sports. So in 60 seconds or less, I have a question for you. You know, we're, we're talking on Tuesday night. I'm going to release this podcast on Wednesday. So NBA Finals Game 4 is tonight, as in Tuesday. We'll know the results of what happens. Tomorrow, uh, it's the Lakers in the Heat, LeBron James, your favorite player. You followed him all throughout his career. You know, you were a Miami Heat fan, and so I presume you're uh, now a Lakers fan. So I imagine that's weird for you. But my question is, you know, this is the classic white person talking head debate, MJ versus LeBron. Many people are set in their ways that MJ is the best, number one, greatest of all time. Absolutely nothing will ever change that. I would argue differently, but I'm wondering, what do you think LeBron can accomplish, whether it's in these NBA finals or for however many years he has left? What can he do to convince those Jordan people that LeBron's better? What is there left for him to accomplish to put him number one?
1: Well, it would be nice. He's been the best player for however, at least 10 years, right? At least 10. He's been to nine of the last 10 finals. He's got four MVPs. So I think it would be nice of the media to give him another MVP. Should have had it this year. I don't know if he'll get another one. Um, Because I don't know if he's going to get finals MVP either. I think – I mean, I'm very confident that they'll win the series. I would like to see the Heat make it interesting. But I would just say LeBron winning another ring would solidify it. All his numbers are going to be blown through the roof. And people always appreciate them more after. Jake, thank you very much for joining me
0: today. Um, You know, I'm rooting for you. You've got a lot of potential. I still think that you uh, have so many skills that you can use, whether it's selling solar panels, coaching kids, selling vending machines. You've got a bright future ahead of you. And uh, I'm confident in you. I hope you are equally confident. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So that's this week's edition of the Troy Farka show. Thank you again to my guest, Jake Hicks, for joining me. Uh he's all over the place and I think we are all over the place. I think our conversation, um, just kind of represents what all of us are going through. Is that so many of us don't know where we want to be, we don't know what we want to be doing, our minds change every day. Some days we're up, some days we're down, and and We're going to talk to a lot of people on this podcast throughout the weeks, again, once a week, um, about their experiences, their troubles, what they're happy about, what they're not happy about, all of these things and more, which I am so excited to be doing on the Troy Farkas Show every week. Again, not many uh, you know, nuts and bolts to this yet, to this whole podcast. Still working to get it on Apple Podcasts, but there's a bunch of places you can get it. Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcasts is great for desktop podcast listening uh you can follow me on uh insta twitter troy underscore Farkas. pretty simple um i'll share a bunch of stuff from the podcast for for anyone who wants to see it. if you want to just hit me up if you want to be on the pod to have a conversation about anything that you want to talk about really an open book uh we can do that so just hit me up there's a bunch of places to do that nowadays i have full confidence in everyone these days so thanks for listening troy farkas show again thank you to jake he is a character like i said at the top of the show Uh, He may be more all over the map (laughs) than most, uh, but he's a really good dude, and uh, thanks for checking it out. See you next week.